You're listening to Cryptalk. This is a podcast on decentralizing the world. Our mission is to make the future more accessible to you. We talk a lot about cryptocurrency and blockchain, but this is really a podcast on designing a more evenly distributed future. I want to keep this podcast free and accessible to everyone, so I've chosen to run it by donation. It costs about $500 a year to create. Any donations you'd be willing to give are greatly appreciated. You can donate to this podcast at www.cryptalkpodcast.com. A link will be provided in the show details. If you have any questions or recommendations for future topics, you can visit our website or email us at cryptalk.podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to send us a message. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, so I've been listening to lots of NFT stuff. Okay. And that, I think, is actually the most graspable part of crypto. Interesting. NFTs. Okay. Yeah, I think, like... It seems like a lot of people could understand NFTs without necessarily understanding a lot about crypto. Mm. Just like you can kind of understand like the finance side of coins and do trading and stuff without really understanding crypto. Yeah. Um, but I find it interesting the some of the connections that you make if you do understand crypto, like a lot of stuff that we were talking about last time was nfts in like a technical crypto context but i'm learning there's this whole other nft side that people who know nothing about crypto can actually understand quite well interesting and how would you explain that because i i think like let's just get into nfts so how would you sure what about yeah keep going what would you what do you think about that so so because because it's more of an applied an applied application, applied application yeah. of crypto. Um, like there's an actual use for it. Like I'm, so I'm on Twitter now okay. a lot more Nice, as per your recommendation, which has been nice. It's, it's actually been pretty good for learning. You found it helpful. Yeah. I've only been doing it for a few days. Like I haven't really, I haven't really gone into it, but there's these things you can listen. Like mm. I followed a bunch of people like the chat room. There'll be these, yeah, these like yeah, yeah. broadcasting rooms where people are just talking about stuff. And dude, I love those because you can just be going about your day mm -hmm. and you see when you can just like hop in there while you're working on something. Yeah, it's almost like a live podcast. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and that's actually, that's really good for gauging the culture. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that a lot of people in those, it's almost like, I've only listened to two or three, but it's almost like they're more of almost like the influencer types. Like they're, Mm. They're definitely just creatives. They're not what you typically think of uh, like a cryptocurrency advocate would be like. Right. But here they are basically leading the space in a lot of ways. Yeah. Which is, that's not what I expected. I would have expected it still to be more. Mm -hmm. Like the tech like the people that have, Yeah. Like the people that had kind of been along for the ride the entire time. Mm. But man, there's people speaking in these rooms with hundreds of people listening and they've only known what NFTs are for a few months. Some of them. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've noticed yeah. a little bit about that too. I like, I like, I like that. Yeah. So it's kind of surprising and <laughs> it's funny. It's like, um, it's kind of discouraging even cause you get like, as a, as someone who's trying to get into it myself too, I'm like, man, it's funny how you inundate yourself into an online community and then you realize even if it's not a big community, there's still a lot of people that are way more into it. 
and like you got work to do to kind of figure it out but mm. ultimately it's it's a really good thing it feels like mm. um but yeah i guess the because i've had so many people ask me about this too because i've been kind of going off about it a little bit like <laughs> just like, like friends and stuff. oh yeah okay what do they ask so well i've had a few verbal conversations um and the lines of questioning are often very similar. It's, there's always like the, can't I just screenshot it? The right. Like, can't I just screenshot a picture? Yeah. Right. Click save. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the really important idea that is new is the, just the idea of the, the token that's on the blockchain that finally for the first time, there's a way to really authentically own a piece of digital media on the internet. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, actually, this is a really great topic. I, I actually wanted to talk about this because the right click save crowd, like there's this whole um, faction of online people who are almost like angry at NFTs for even being a thing because they're like, oh, you can just right click save the image. And, and then like, look, I have $2 million in my bank account because I can like post the same image as you. And I'd love to touch on this and kind of dispel this mm -hmm. myth that the money is in the actual pixels because that's not true. And I think that, I think it's so much bigger than that. And so, so I think it, I, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, and it's hard to unpack and it's hard to explain, but to me, NFTs are like pieces of culture and pieces of community. And there's so much more than actually like pixelated images. Like, yes, that's kind of the medium that's being used right now. And so when you buy an NFT, you're buying like a, a, a pixelated image. And um, that in itself does have value. But peop people are freaking out because it's like, how is that $1,000 of value? How is that $2 million of value? And those are like real numbers. Like you can go, I've talked about Board Ape Yacht Club, but you can go look this up and there are these digital pictures of apes, like cartoon apes that sell for millions of dollars and NBA players are buying these things because they, there's just, there's this value to them. And it's kind of like fine art. That's part of it. And it's kind of like, you know, people pay a ridiculous amount of money to own an original copy of something. And so similar to the right click save, like you can, you know, you can put a, a Pablo Picasso print on your wall. And you can say, oh, I own a Pablo Picasso painting, but you don't, you own a copied version of it. And so the authentication of, of having like a real piece is, is worth something in itself. But I, I wanna actually move past that because that to me isn't even the value of NFTs. The value of NFTs to me comes from this idea of composability and that you can build off of NFTs. And because it's an internet technology and the internet is so, um, composable, like think about Lego blocks, like you can just build off things and, and it's all mm -hmm. like open source. Like this is a deep philosophy within cryptocurrency is open source and open source means free to access and free to use. And so you can own pieces of this open source community, uh, but other people can build off of them. And so to me, what I'm seeing online, NFTs are becoming passports. They're becoming VIP membership cards. They're becoming tools that you can use in games. They're becoming like all these other things. They're becoming pieces of community. They're becoming pieces of culture. And so you're actually buying in to a subculture. You're buying into a group, a collective. And by owning an NFT, you're like a part of this group. And so the value that's attributed 
to each NFT token is actually really the value of the community that you're buying into or the value of the game that you're buying into. Like oh, NFTs are used in online games a lot and that's becoming really popular. Um, and so like you might own an NFT and it might be able to plug into multiple different cryptocurrency games. And so that NFT has the value of each one of those games embedded into it. Another thing that I'm seeing is like meetups, like the, this cultural aspect, like you're only allowed into certain online chat spaces and even like physical places now because people are meeting up in person in places as like NFT meetups. And the only way to get in is to have ownership of one of these NFTs. And you can verify that through the blockchain. So you can't just show up with an image that you've right click saved and be like, oh, look at me, I have this because people don't check the image, they check the blockchain. And so if you don't have it in your wallet, you're not getting through the door kind of thing. Like it, there's an authentication process. And so like, it's, it's so huge. And that doesn't even touch on what's being done in the art community. Like, I think I've told you this before, but there's this crazy thing that happened with um, like three Lao is this electronic music uh, producer, like he's a musician. And so he, I think, launched this new platform and I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but it's, it's something to do with it. Like it's, it's a new platform for getting artists to launch their own NFT collections and basically like raise their own venture funding. And so one thing that's being done and three Lao kind of pioneered this is as a music musician, or you can do this as a different type of artist, but as a musician, you can sell NFTs that represent a part of ownership of a certain song. So he went out and sold, I don't know how many NFTs, which all represented part ownership to the, to his latest single. So he sold like 50% of his latest single, the ownership to his fans and his fans bought these NFTs. And now these NFTs have two things or, or actually more than that, because who knows what's going to come in the future. But the two things that they already have is one, they have part ownership of this song that is booming and they get paid royalties from what I understand, they get paid royalties from the streams of the song. So they're making money off of these NFTs that they own. Two, they're also now like VIP passes to all his future concerts. And so they get first access to merch, they get um, access to like backstage events and, and all these things. And so that's that kind of, to me, summarizes what NFTs are. Like it's not the pixels, it's the community, it's the ex access that you get. It's the composability around it. It's what people build on top of it. Like that's what the NFTs are. And, yeah. and so yeah, anyway, that was a bit long, but I, I really wanted to explain that for anyone who has, yeah. who, who just thinks you can right click and save something and then, you know, steal the value. Cause that, that's not the case. Right. I would, I would totally agree with, with everything you said there based on the learning I've done in the last week or so right. on it, listening to things like. It's, and it's hard to explain that because mm -hmm. there's no modern day equivalent to that. No, it's a new thing. Right. Yeah. Like it's very abstract to be able to, to explain that this is actually going to be very important in a few years and there's going to be a ton of applications. Like mm -hmm. I think most of what people use could be kind of running through this system in terms of like how they use the internet. Yeah. Like what's in your wallet in a few years in your crypto wallet online could be a really big thing that people care about, just like they care about their Instagram feed or whatever now. Yeah, totally. Well, th that's, that's the whole idea behind web three, which we talked about last 
last time, which is like, you know, the new internet is going to center around these individual wallets where you own all your mm -hmm. own social media, you own your own NFTs, you own all your own cryptocurrency, you are your own bank, you're your own media platform, like you're, you're your own everything. It's really powerful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the, that's the part that I think is, is really cool and important. That's, that's kind of hard to communicate. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, looking into it more, there's like a whole bunch of new details and stuff, like even explaining the board eight yacht, the board eight yacht club to people. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're investing in it, right? Cause mm -hmm. those people are, they're trying to think ahead and saying, well, if this technology really takes off, which it seems like it is like, since I've been listening and like keyed into this, it feels like I hear about NFTs and crypto all the time. Um, so it seems like it's, it seems like it's taking off. And by having one of those apes, which were basically one of the main, um, like proof of concepts for NFTs mm -hmm. is kind of how I think about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's obviously nothing spectacular if you're just going to screenshot it, but the people in 10 years that say wallets are this popular thing and what you have in your collection is like your, your social clout yeah. kind of thing. If you think about it like that, totally. Yeah. Yeah. The people with the board apes are going to be like the billionaires of the club and they could be worth a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, and then suddenly these people are like a really exclusive club, which that's why people are buying these things for so much money right now. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, if you can explain it like that, like with, uh, through the context of that, I, maybe it starts to make more sense for other things too. Yeah. And then like, just another thought too, is like, you know, once you're in, in like the board Ape Yacht club, like you have celebrities joining in as well, and it puts you closer to those people in higher positions of power, because now you have something in common that you didn't before and you're in similar circles and maybe you go to the same meetups and events. And so it's this weird new reorganization of cultural pods that didn't happen before. And then, and I think some people's critique of this, which is fair, might be like, okay, now board Ape Yacht club is, is like, a, you know, the floor is like a, $10,000 or something. I don't actually know what it is. And yeah. floor price means like the lowest amount you could pay to get in the club. And then, and then there's the ceiling, which is, you know, the, the last highest bid. But so floor, floor price is, is already outside of people's buying power. And so a, a critique is like, okay, well, it's already surpassed what most people can afford. So therefore it's this billionaire's club and like, you know, mm. none of us commoners can get into it. But the beauty of the crypto space and of, of all of this that's being created is you can make new places instantly. And it's, and again, it's most of the time, this is open source code. So you can basically like copy and replicate some of these pro projects very easily. And then it's about the creativity and the culture that you infuse into it. And that is what attracts new people. And so if you do feel like, oh man, there's no way that I can get into this, this one thing. It's like, that's not the end. Like there's mm -hmm. like, it's not just board a yacht club. If you made it you, great. And then if you didn't too bad, it's over. It's like, there's going to be a next one. And then a next one after that. And if anyone ever feels excluded, you can go rally a bunch of people together and create your own club and eventually attract really high profile people. If you have enough creativity and culture. And that happens like, mm -hmm. like board Ape Yacht club is already, you know, it's going to main maintain its status for a long time, I think, but 
it's already being challenged by lots of other projects that are up and coming and people are excited about them. And, 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 um, yeah, something you said at the beginning was this idea of like a lot of people leading the space are not necessarily the tech nerds, like they're the influencers. And so there's just a lot of creatives who are doing fun things and are just trying like it's experimentation. And so some projects take off and some don't, but the ones that do usually are from a very creative and innovative place and, and they're fun and the culture around them is like positive and it, people are friendly and then they blow up and then they become billionaire clubs and then people move on to the next one. Um, and, and one other interesting thing that I've noticed too is there, there are maybe two different streams because there are totally like the influencer crowd and, and like maybe the like strictly artists um, or like the very like creative influencer people that are kind of in this one camp. And then there's also the, the, the tech nerds that still love NFTs for the same artistic reason, but are, are very techie and they exist in like the discord channels and, mm, um, yeah. and still launch all their own projects. And sometimes they're actually, I, I don't want to say like the more interesting ones, but the, maybe they're sometimes the more like functionally interesting ones because mm -hmm. they have all these weird dynamic use cases that, you know, the, just as if you're just an artist, you might not know how to program NFTs. And from the tech side, you might be able to program your NFT so that it can do all these cool things. It can access certain websites and then play games in other areas. And so that's also, there's kind of like two sides of it. There's the art side and yeah. there's the functionality side and the composability side. Um, and they, and they blend too. Like you can have art that is composable, but, um, that's another way that I look at it is there's, there's like the true artist and then there's the, nerdy composability like what can we make these tokens do um, and yes. both are valuable a hundred percent yeah that's exactly it i think yeah you hit it on the head like there's that community that's kind of using it for what you can use it for now and then there's the people that are still pushing the pushing the envelope and, and saying like how else can we apply this potentially yeah which is definitely super interesting and it's uh that kind of advocates actually well for how just crypto works in general. Mm -hmm. Like you've created a community that continues to develop a technology just organically because they can see the value. And that's, that's the idea behind basically everything you mentioned. People might feel like they're late to the, to the board API club and they, you know, like, Oh man, what am I going to do? Well, exactly what you said. You can, you can create a community and, everyone within that community, you're, you're working together to, to make it into something more, to make it more valuable. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it totally flips the script on its head by just allowing people to actually connect on things that they enjoy, connect in a culture and an environment they like, and then just for the better good of everybody, just continue to, to grow that thing. And the more you grow it, the more its value rises. Totally. And it, which is a, Amazing idea. Yeah. And it's, it's also very organic too. Like, I mean, the best, actually the best ones are organic. Like humans are a social species. We like to collaborate and we like to socialize. And when we don't, we, we go and prioritize socialization. Like that's what we do as a species. And so it's interesting that this is emerging post COVID because I imagine a lot of people are feeling socially deprived and community deprived over the last two years. And so now all of a sudden we're having this NFT boom and people are like, what the heck? Why are people paying $2 million for NF NFTs? And I, I think like one of my answers, I mean, I have a couple answers for that, but one of them is like people are valuing community as two at $2 million. Like 
people really value community. And I'm not saying that NFT online community is a direct replacement for like in-person friendships and that kind of community, but it is, it is some form of substitute. And, you know, people do like Facebook and they do like chat rooms and like, this is the next version of that. And it's maybe a little bit more authentic. And then there's or this organic growth that happens because, because we're socially, um, inclined and because we like to create community once you start something going people are inclined to make it better just because that's what they want to do as humans like and it's not even necessarily for the monetary gain of saying like oh let's make this community better so that we can you know blow up our investment and make millions of dollars on these nfts like that's another thing to point out is people don't just sell these and there's a lot mm -hmm. of there's a lot of people who like it's, the price is, has skyrocketed on a lot of these projects and people don't sell them because right. there's, keep them. there's this culture of like, um, like not to be too crude, but like it's, it's a culture of like, fuck you. You can't put a price tag on my community and my brand. And, yeah. and that's totally legit. Like just recently there was, um, so crypto punks is another project that's yeah. almost as big as Board Ape Yacht Club, or, you know, it's, it's up there. Um, it's an older one, isn't it? I believe I it's older. And so it's basically like these, it's like super simple, like digital, yeah, the pixelated. super pixelated little like mm -hmm. punk rock type figures in this profile image. And, um, there was recently this thing that happened. Oh, and I'm totally going to botch the numbers because I actually can't remember the direct numbers, but there was, um, this one guy who, I think it's a guy, I don't know. There's this one guy who has basically used one of these um, CryptoPunk images as his profile picture on Twitter and built a whole brand around it. And I think his name is like Richard or something. And um, he was recently offered, and you can track this, you can verify this through like a, a, these blockchain websites to see what bids are placed. So this is real. And he was offered something like, I don't know, I'm just going to say like $10 million, like something pr like mm -hmm. very substantial for his right. image. And he turned it down and he came out and publicly said, like, the reason I'm saying no to this is because this means so much more to me than just a pile of money. Mm -hmm. And he, he wrote this really incredible thread on it and you can go find it um, if you want. But basically the summary of it was like, you can't pay me. There's no amount of money that I'll accept to give up this image because this image is now part of my identity. I've built my identity around it. And two, it's part of this greater culture. And I'm not selling out for cult for like, I'm not selling my right. piece of culture for cash. Um, and so there's something pretty profound in that too. And that's tied in this crypto movement of like, we don't sell for, we don't sell for money. We don't give up culture for money. Maybe that's the way to put it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's yeah. very deeply rooted in a lot of this. And some people will, like, this isn't everyone. Some people will, mm -hmm. will take the $10 million deal. A lot of people might be laughing their ass off hearing this and being like, oh my God, how <laughs> would you, why would you not sell an image for $10 million? Cause it's just <laughs> pixels. But, yeah. but there, that's kind of the integrity that's wrapped up in some of this. And that's this idea that like culture is invaluable. Like it, there's no replacement for culture and community. There's no dollar amount that can substitute for that. And so again, to, to loop back and, and tie this all together, like this, it's more than a monetary thing. Like these NFTs, even though they have ridiculously high prices, they're kind of, some of them are priceless. It's like, you can't mm -hmm. put value on these things because 
kind of similar to art, but it's more than art. It's this cultural thing. And you can't value culture with a dollar, with a dollar sign. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is, this is all totally new. Like I can't think yeah. of, I can't think of an example that existed before this, where you could do such a thing. No. Or that people would recognize something like that as worth $10 million. Yeah. Which is, this is, this is why I'm so excited about NFTs, basically that, that idea. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's so cool. And even kind of since learning about this too, I've noticed how my mindsets shifted as a photographer. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, or maybe it was just you and I talking. Um, but it, you kind of go from this, you're always on this balance of quality versus quantity, right? Yeah. As a creator, especially in the digital world, like you have people telling you, you need to be posting like mm. every day to Instagram if you want to get a following. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if, if social media is going to be my, my primary means of attracting a, a, a following, which there's a difference between attracting a following and building a community. Mm, yes. Yes. Which this is new to me. That might just be me not knowing much about social media, mm -hmm. but um, it's, I'd much rather build a community. So what, what you're allowed to do now is you can, you can start small and actually just really connect with people. Mm -hmm. Like I've noticed I've spent way more time, uh, like responding to DMS, replying to comments, like engaging with people that engage with my content mm. because from a business perspective, those people are, they're as important as they should be now. Like the people that actually really enjoy your work really can make a difference in growing that community. Yeah. Which that's just not how it was before. It's you play this numbers game and, uh, you know, your, your social reputation online is kind of just tied to how many followers you have and how many likes you get and stuff like that. And, and those are all a function of a, an algorithm, which is kind of arbitrary depending on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So my workflow has totally changed now. I'm thinking like, you know, it, it seems like you still need to post to social media. You still need to use um, some of those platforms to gain that following just because so many people are on them right now. But you get to focus on building the actual relationship and connection more mm. and, and focus on the quality of your work. Like uh, now that I'm thinking about doing an NFT drop, like building an NFT project and putting that up and, and kind of using that as a test. It's like, well, I want these photos to be really good. Like I want them to be my best work possible. Right. Which, which feels great. Like that's, that's why you're an artist. You mm. want to create the best thing that you can create. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily how it was before with, uh, with social media culture. Like, you know, like I said, if you have to post every day, it's more of a chore than a, than a project and something that you really take pride in sometimes. Yeah. Can I, can I just share this thought of like, yeah, web two and social media is based on followers. Web three is based on community members. Yes. It's like followings yeah. versus community. The new format yeah. is community. And, and that's exactly what you're describing. Which favors like really authentically good, high quality content a lot more. Yeah. It's like from what I can tell so far. Yeah, it's 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 quality over quantity. There's less interactions. You're not 
spamming a news feed. You're reaching out directly to the small group of people that will support you and like your work and you're engaging directly with them. It's smaller circles, but they're more tightly knit and they're, they're, they're built stronger yes. than, yeah. than like the social media fabric. Yeah. Which is really good because especially nowadays there, frankly, there's just a lot of people on this planet and a lot of people on the internet mm -hmm. and photography in particular is it's an oversaturated market from honest, from honestly, like any angle. Yeah. Like portrait photographers, there's a ton, mm -hmm. uh, even landscape photographers and like travel photographers, like there's so many and the balance has kind of shifted now where it's more about that quality because if people can see something that's truly unique, they like that. That's just something that people nat naturally gravitate to. Whereas, so you can start, you can start it with a smaller following. You just need to find a few people that are into that. And if they kind of invest in you through NFTs, they are then incentivized as, as owners of that community mm. to spread it to other people that really authentically like it. Right. Yeah. Which is, oh, I, I just love that idea. That's like so much more liberating because I was just on the precipice of this whole social media thing where, mm -hmm. oh man, I feel like I'm just going to be playing these, these games forever where you're just trying to strap something together. And like we said before, you know, Instagram's not giving you any money for anything. Yeah, no. Um, so I can see why it's kind of taking off with artists in the way it has. Mm. Yeah, it feels really geared towards creativity. And, and it's like a better platform for creatives, like you're saying, like it helps, yeah. it helps you engage more with the people that you want to engage with, and then not have to focus on the people that you it's not that you don't care for them. But it's like, they're not actually supporting you. So you shouldn't be giving them your time kind of thing. Yeah, well, like, if you know, if someone comes across your post on Instagram, and they're like, Oh, that's a cool photo, and they follow you, but they don't, they don't necessarily go through and like read things or, or go visit your website or read anything about you or like really engage with your content. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Like they'll, there'll always be people like that and they can always go see your stuff as much as they want to. But now the people that really like it, the people that are super into your content actually like have a lot of power in it and they can be part of it. Right. And, uh, there was one other thing that I kind of wanted to to brush on along these lines. Um, oh shoot, it was something off the last thing you said. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> still on NFTs? Yeah, yeah, still on, still on NFTs. Oh, actually, no, it was kind of more general. Um, okay. We started talking about this community aspect mm -hmm. and you still need social media in some ways I'm learning. Um, as per your recommendation, I've switched over to Twitter more. Yeah, Twitter because Twitter is really important to the whole crypto space right now. But yeah, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, it's like there's there's definitely a way bigger crypto community on there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I scrolled through some comments on Instagram on some meme page I follow that was like making a joke about NFTs or something. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, hordes of people that did not understand yes yes <laughs> like i was just like oh man i can't believe this is the like perception yeah of the community on this whatever stupid meme page or whatever it was mm -hmm. but like 
there was a common consensus across those comments that NFTs are for stupid idiots and like the screenshot thing, basically. Yeah, right click save. And then on Twitter, it's it's a lot better. Like you're you're going through and you're finding people that are actually like making a lot of money off this and building groups and communities and networks around it. Mm-hmm. So I've shifted my focus there a lot more. Um, but I guess I kind of wanted to get more insight from you on, on how you go about building a community in the crypto space. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, first I just want to comment on the whole perception thing. It is fascinating to me to stumble on a thread of comments that totally does not understand NFTs. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily these people's fault. Like it's, it's complicated and you have to kind of see it before you can understand it, or you have to like see it in action. Um, because the idea itself isn't entirely obvious and, um, but, but it is too bad. And I think a lot of people have, have missed the point of NFTs. And so I hope, I hope this episode gets to a lot of those people and, and maybe, maybe some people will reconsider because I do think it's really important and I, and I would like um, like, I think it's just such a useful tool. It's like the more people who use this, the better. And, um, and I'd hate to see, you know, swaths of people like miss out on this new opportunity. Um, so that's a whole interesting thing. And then your question was, how do you go about building community in the NFT or just in crypto in general? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you had to put out a recommendation to people that are just getting into it or something like that, because that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I feel, yeah, I feel like I'm on. I'm in such an early stage of building the community that I feel like I'm very behind. Mm. Well, okay. A couple of thoughts. One are, one is like the easiest is join a community that already exists. So mm-hmm. go to, you know, there are a couple different networks. So th- there are these networks like Ethereum is a network. Avalanche is a network. Harmony is a network. Solana is a network. These are large networks. And if you've listened to our podcast called the network state, these are kind of forming into network states. So they have their own governance model, they have their own currency, and they have their own community and culture. And so the easiest way to get involved is to join one of these networks and become a part of this this tribe or this collective. And then within those networks, there's these subcultures of NFTs, and there's these subcultures of projects too. Like you don't have to join an NFT project, you could join a project that is building a decentralized game that's kind of like Pokemon, but you can, you know, trade cryptocurrency on it as well as collect little (laughs) monsters or something. So like, maybe that really excites you. So you could join that project. How do you join this? I've talked about this a lot. Go join the discord, join the discord and get on Twitter. Those are the two best ways to join projects. And, um, yeah, I just, I just, I can't stress that enough. Like it, it, it's amazing. I, I think the positivity and welcoming and like just generally the social um, space of these Discord channels and Twitter is so much more friendly and welcoming than like old social media and Facebook. Like it's 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 hard to explain it until you go again. You have to go see it, and then you're like, whoa! Like just just for example, there's a meme that's emerged in the crypto space that's that's a GM. GM means good morning. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a meme that is happening in crypto is on crypto Twitter. So like people who participate in Twitter and do crypto things will often just post GM. Yeah. And this, this seems very trivial and really stupid, but this to me is a, is a significant marker of the difference between Facebook and mm. cryptocurrency. Good morning. 
who goes on Facebook and posts <laughs> and posts positive things? Like, yeah, no kidding. I, I mean, I, I haven't been on Facebook in a long time because I, I quit because it was so negative. And there are lots of places on Twitter that are negative too. And Twitter isn't necessarily cryptocurrency, but I'm just saying that like, this is, this is the kind of thing that emerges out of crypto right now in the social space, like good morning. And you like people post this on a daily basis. Like you don't understand until you go on Twitter and you're like, whoa, like, and they mean it. And like that, the whole thing is like, let's be positive, like screw this negativity thing. Let's be positive. So you have to you have to get involved to, to see it. So the first step is like, you know, just join a project, get on Twitter and start seeing what people post. And you 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 might have to do a little bit of digging because like don't go into the day trader community. Like that's where the negativity is. You have to go into the community mm. of people building things. There's a big difference between that too. Like there's people yeah. who post about crypto and their gains and you know the profits they're making. That's not the crypto community. You have to go to the people who are right. building, who are exploring, experimenting, and and making community. And there's a difference. And and you'll know when you're there because people will be saying good morning and people will be a hell of a lot more friendly than anywhere else on the internet. Um, like I think I've shared this before, but the <laughs> just like this last week, I was trying to start using this new platform. And I, I set up the network. I did a bunch of things, complicated crypto stuff where I was like, converting my MetaMask to another or changing my MetaMask network to another network. And then I was trying to move some funds into this new place that I've never done before. And I got, I got kind of got stuck because I didn't have fees in this one wallet to perform the basic transaction to even get started. And so I was kind mm -hmm. of stuck. Yeah. And there is, there is a way that I could fix this, but it's pretty long and arduous. And I was having a really hard time com coming up with my own solution. And so I went on a Discord channel and I was just like, I just posted in a general chat and I said, hey, I'm stuck. Can someone send me some fees? I'm, I'm like, I can't do anything. And I'm really, I really want to like play this game and try this thing. Within like two minutes, someone responded. I was like, yeah, DM me and I'll give you, I'll send you money. <laughs> two minutes. Wow. So I, I sent him a direct message and I sent him my public address, not my private address. If anyone asks for your private address, they're scamming you and they're going to take all your money. That's so, the private key. That's the private key. Never send your private yeah. key, but, oh, you, yeah, but yeah. you can send your no public deal. address, which is what I did. So I right. sent my public address to this guy and within a minute he had sent me, you know, it's not much. It was probably like 50 cents or a dollar, mm -hmm. but it was just like, it was instant. It was like, okay, I'm stuck. I go online, I need help. Someone responds, what do you need? I need a dollar. He sends a dollar to my account instantly. There was yeah. no questions. It was just like, he yeah. took my word for it. There was trust. Like, and that's part of it too. Like, because we're already in this community, we're already right. in the Discord channel. There's an embedded trust there. It's like, oh, you're trying to do this thing. Like, I believe you. I believe what you're doing is true or what you're saying is yeah. true. And so like, it's incredible to experience some of these things on the internet. Because for me, having grown up with the internet in other places, that has never been the case. Yeah, ever. not at all, not at all. And I've been, yeah. yeah, I've been, I'm still like traumatized by so much of my old internet <laughs> days that like, I'm very skeptical when people say things like that or like, here, I'll help you out. I'm like, uh, will you? But I'm starting to like yeah. relearn that like, actually, yeah, people will help you out. You just have to ask the right people and be in the right community. So, okay, that was a bit of a tangent. So join communities, join existing <clears> ones, um, another one, just, this is really fun, actually. There are also these things called DAOs, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. And I, I we'll have to do mm -hmm. another episode on this because I don't even fully understand it yet. But essentially, you can buy into a collective, like directly, you buy into, it's kind of like co-op, you buy into like a, a collective. And this collective 
um, you know, uses the funds that have been generated through people buying in to like do things in the world. And, and sometimes they're like positive things. So there's this one, this is hilarious. Um, one thing that happened recently is, is called, uh, the constitution DAO or something like that on Twitter. And, but, but it's an actual project and you can go buy this token and be a part of it. And the whole premise of this collective of people is they got together because they wanted to buy the U S constitution back for the people of the U S <laughs> out of like, and get it out of the hands of like rich capitalist investors and like right. people who just wanted to show it off in museums. And I, I don't know what their plans were. I, I don't even think they <laughs> knew what their plans were once they had got it, but the whole, they rallied around this idea of like, we're going to get the U S constitution back and we're going to get it back for the people. And so they created this community and I don't, I need to check numbers, but like a lot of people joined it and a lot of people put money up and they went and the community with their, whoever led it, I don't know, went in and, um, uh, and participated in a bidding war to get the constitution <laughs> and they were outbid and they lost, but it's this beautiful story Dang. of how a bunch <laughs> of internet people got together and were like, we want to do this just for the, cause like, we think this is the right thing to do and created a community around it. And now it's like a kind of like a meme, but also like, it's a community. Now the people who are in it are like, are rallying together and they have something to stand for. So there's stuff like that happens all the time. And it's like, you can take part in these things or you can start your own. Like, what is it you want to do in the world? Like maybe mm. you really want to clean up the garbage in the ocean or something. I don't know. And then you start a DAO and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to like be in, or I'm going to take charge of this and I'm going to start a collective. And now you have to be careful because the crypto community will sniff out um, tyranny quite quickly. So mm. if you're someone who comes in and is like, I'm going to solve this problem, I'm just going to get a bunch of people's money and then go do this myself, that won't fly. Community or crypto is more community-based and it's more like you can round up the people, but then you have to do it with the people. So yeah. don't get confused. Like this is different than venture capital. They, they really want to be a part oh, of it. Oh yeah, that's, they, why that's why they're there and they will back out yeah. and they will sink you if you don't let them be a part of it. So that that's, right. that's, this is an interesting point that to me makes it like, this is the difference between venture capital and crypto capital maybe is like venture capital is this idea that like, okay, I'm going to go out and collect all this money and then I'm going to take all the money and I'm going to go do this thing and build this business by myself or with my team or whatever. Crypto capital is different. It's like, I'm going to go and raise all this money and then together, all of us are going to go do this thing. And not everyone will be like showing up at the auction with their own, you know, bag of cash to buy the constitution, but there'll be a live chat room and like everyone will be involved in, in participating in the conversation of what's happening and what, what decisions are being made. There might be voting powers. So if you hold this token, you might be able to vote on certain decisions that are made. Like how much are we willing to bid? Here's a vote. Let's put it to a vote. Everyone decides like those are the kind of things that happens with crypto capital that doesn't happen with venture capital. Or I mean, it can, but it's not like baked in, in the way that it is with crypto capital. Okay. So, yeah. so those are, those are a couple ideas. The first one is like join an existing community. The second is you could start a DAO. Um, that's a little bit more complicated. You might need to know what you're doing. Another is you can start an NFT project. And again, you probably need to know a little bit about what you're doing, but it's actually not that hard. Like you can, if you know how to use like Photoshop or if you're a photographer or um, if you just take pictures of your like 
physical art. You could do that too, I guess. Like you can go on a place like OpenSea or NF Trade and you can just mint your own NFTs. And minting means basically creating. Um, yeah, so minting basically means like creating your own NFTs. So you can go create your own F NFTs, you can create a collection and you can try and start a community around your collection. Um, mm -hmm. Another idea is just start, just, just get on Twitter and get on the Discord channels. That's how you build community too. And I'm not very good at this because um, I, I personally don't like to spend too much time online. But, um, you know, Twitter and Discord are like the two best ways to make friends, so to speak, in the crypto world. And you can quite quickly amass some sort of following. And I use the word following here. Um, and this, you know, Twitter to me might be the bridge between Web 2 and Web 3. Like having a Twitter following is a little bit better than having an Instagram following. It's still a following yeah. as opposed to like a community, but but it is better and it's closer to a community than like, you know, a Facebook friend. Um, yeah. So you can quite quickly amass some sort of following and build community through Twitter um, by really taking the time to share thoughtful things and um, yeah, and just engage with people in a way that people like, like not being someone who just spams negative comments and, and throws people under the bus, but someone who creates positive influence in the world. Um, and, and some of that too is through memes. Like the, the meme culture in crypto is the most wild meme culture I know of. Um, again, I don't use the internet that much, but like most people communicate in crypto through memes. Like, so you also have to get, you have to get into that. And that's, yeah. that's one of the languages of crypto is, is like meme culture. And so if you like memes, you know, you can build a community quite quickly just by doing memes in crypto. And another fun thing, I think I saw this on Twitter is there was this crypto company that just uh, announced their first position as uh, I think it was CMO, which is chief meme officer or something. <laughs> And, w which is, and they were serious. They were like, we now, oh, yeah, have, well, we now have someone directly appointed to memes. That makes sense. Um, and it makes sense. In a lot of ways. It's, like, it's crazy, that, but it makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question very well, but that's just like a bunch of thoughts that I've had about community building. Yeah, no, no, it definitely does. And I think uh, like anything, it's people, people want to see you getting involved, right? And then that's going to be what, what kind of makes them gravitate towards you. Yeah. And seeing that you're kind of on the same train of thought. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. And like I said, I just really started like earlier this week, actually, um, kind of spending more time on, <clears throat> on Twitter, as opposed to Instagram, mm. like just engaging with people's content, like resharing pictures that I think are cool, asking questions, like even like DMing some people and just asking about things. Like the other day there was, uh, there was this girl in one of those rooms who was talking about she's doing photography NFTs and she's like a nature and landscape photographer. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to this and it turns out she like lives in Canmore. Whoa. Like that's pretty cool. close to like pretty close to where I live here in Edmonton. And like, yeah. she's in BC shooting all the time and stuff. It's like, Whoa, like that's crazy. That's, this is someone that is obviously a little bit further along than I am, mm. but someone that literally could potentially be me like leading this space. That's, that's really cool. So like I sent her a DM, I don't know if she's had the chance to read it yet, mm. but 
um, yeah, like it seems like that's the way to do it. And just following your interests, you will eventually become inundated if you're, if you're contributing to that community. Right. Yeah, totally. And like, like retweet her or, um, like respond to her Twitter feed in some way, ask her questions. Yeah. Like that kind of engagement is great. People respond to that. I've had, I've had good experience with that as well. Yeah. And then it's like on Twitter, it's, it's public. Like people can see that discussion between you. Yeah. And I think that's the powerful thing about Twitter. Composability. Um, exactly. Composability. Mm -hmm. People can build off of what you've already built. That's it. Yeah. It's the word of the decade is composability. What's composable. Twitter is composable. NFTs are composable. Web three is composable. Instagram, yeah. not composable. Not composable. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it's, man, I'm like, I'm so excited to get into this stuff more because, um, like I said before, it totally changes the creative workflow, I think for a lot of people. And then also keeping an eye on that, that like crypto intensive side to see these applications spread out. Mm. Um, and, and you know, like what it could be, like, there's so many things you can imagine that that could be created and like new, new ways to create value through NFTs and crypto, it's like, it's a really, really exciting thing to be kind of a part of mm -hmm. and watching. So yeah, there's, yeah, it, it's quite the thing. I really like it. I think, uh, I think I want to do an NFT. Yeah. When's the drop here? When's the drop Spencer? Well, I don't know. So here's, here's what I was thinking. Um, I want to do it around collections. That's, that's one thing that for whatever reason, it just seems like the way to do photography is just mm. create collections of work that tell a story. Yes. And I think that's why it's because, you know, you can put a series of images together and it creates a feeling that you don't really get from anything else. Like it's not the same as watching a video mm -hmm. or reading something. It's like these images can say a lot and they can, there's a particular vibe to them in a style. Mm. Um, so I want to make collections and I honestly don't know really what to do for an NFT, but I think the first, I think what I'm learning is that you just got to do one. Yeah. <laughs> like you will learn you a lot. Overthink it. Yeah. Just yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. You just do it. Like put some together. Don't charge a whole bunch mm -hmm. for like, for them like that's especially if you have a small community like me, like, I'll be surprised if anyone's around to buy anything. Mm. Um, but that's okay. Like just having one up there shows people that you're in the game and, and like you're really investing in it. Kinda. So yeah, I think that's a priority for next week is I'll see if I, I'll see if I have a collection that I want to publicly put out there. Right. Ultimately, like if I'm proud enough of it. Mm-hmm. Because, and I love that I can do it like that and not have to force it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of on the horizon, I guess. And I'm super curious to see what happens. Me too. When that, uh, when that takes off, cause who knows, it'll just be, be a cool thing to try and then keep going at, and I'd rather work on that than like trying to get an Instagram following or something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's way more worth your time to do that. And I, I think collections is the way to do it. Like it ties into this idea that 
things are things are more valuable when they're owned by a group. So mm-hmm. if you release one-off NFTs, like single image NFTs, that's cool and all. And, you know, that's part of your, like, just your total collection of NFTs. But there's something to be said about the um, delineation or, like, the splitting up of, of groupings to say, like, this particular NFT collection can be owned by a group of people and then this can be owned by a group of people and they have different feelings and emotions. So therefore they have different communities behind them. Um, yeah. And I, that might not be your intention at the beginning, but there might be a day when, when you actually build this more around community than around your artwork even. And so, yeah, um, I, I think collections is the right way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So we'll see how that goes. I'm also, as I think I mentioned to you last week, I, I have dabbled more on just the hard crypto side a little bit too. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like we were talking, we were talking about, uh, hard crypto. I like that term. The hard crypto <laughs> side, man. Hard it's crypto. like the, yeah, the hard, that's like, yeah, that's, I feel like what this podcast mostly started as. Was, yes. Hard was crypto. Like really going to the core of the crypto, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is important stuff to understand. I think mm-hmm. for anything that, for any applications that come from it. Um, but yeah, so I bought some Avalanche. Nice. Um, I still have some Ethereum kicking around too, but I wanted to try staking. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm staking a little bit, not very much. I think on Binance hmm. is what I'm doing. Oh, you can stake um, on Binance. Yeah. They have like a few options for it. They, there's a few different things you can do. So I just did like, uh, yeah, just like kind of try it out. I just did a, I think it's like a 30 day period or something that it's locked in for and yeah. had an estimated return. And yeah, I'm just trying that out. Cool. See what that's like. Um, but I wanted to try it on because, cause Binance is like a centralized exchange. Correct. Right? Yeah. So I wanted to try it on a decentralized exchange or, or at least somehow. maybe let me be correct. De- Binance yeah. is a, uh, it, I don't even know what to call it. it. It's, it's not, it's not an officially a decentralized exchange. It's a little bit less centralized than maybe like a wealth simple, but it's, it's yeah. not, a, it's not a DEX, but yeah, sorry. Right. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to be clear, but yes, keep going. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I'd like to do it if there's a way that I can tie my wallet directly into something. Yeah, that would be a DEX, yes. Yeah, because that seems more appealing. I'd rather have I'd rather have my wallet tied in, I think, than have to send it to a separate platform. Because you pay fees and stuff, mm-hmm. sending it back and forth. Yep. So that was kind of my thoughts, and that's the next thing I want to do. Nice. I think I was literally just waiting for um I was waiting for some kind of transfer to go through. Or something like that. Um, yeah, I remember you got your avalanche like blocked or something. Oh yeah, that's right. I put it all into Binance and then you, I couldn't transfer it out. Yeah, it was blocked. I think. So that's that's just a quick touch on that. That's one of the disadvantages of using Binance, a more centralized exchange, is that they can put holds on your money based on their own liquidity, and so. If it's like in that instance, and I've had this happen to me too before, is like I wanted to move by, I wanted to move my Avalanche coin from Binance to a wallet so that I could do something with it. And it was somewhat time urgent. And it got blocked by Binance because they were basically like, we're not letting anyone withdraw their Avalanche for the next two days or something. Yeah. And that happened. Yeah. I've seen that frequently. 
Mm. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. I, I'm learning these like small things that are kind of useful. And the trading space, I guess it's not really trading. It's more investing it. Um, yeah, it's something I want to keep dabbling in a little bit mm. here and there. Because, I mean, I think a lot of these things are going to be going up. And I think we should have another episode soon. We were talking about this that talks more about the, the actual tokens. Yeah, I really want to get in. There's so much that I want to talk about. We're going to have to do, book some episodes this week. <laughs> um, yeah, there's one, like one I really want to go through the different tokens and ecosystems like Ethereum, Avalanche, Binance, Solana. Let's talk about what that means. I want to talk about staking again, staking, liquidity, providing, um, farming, IDOs. How do you participate in this? How do you get set up? And, uh, oh, there's something else. Yeah, those are some of the big ones, but there are, there are lots of other things that I feel like I want to talk about too. I also, I also want to do one, an episode, a more technical episode on just like, what is composability and how is software made? Like, because that, mm. that fundamental understanding is important for some of these things, but that's a more techie one. Maybe the bigger one is just like talking through like Avalanche and Solana and staking and like, yeah, those are be concepts worth understanding for most people. And that's, that's also something I know almost nothing about yeah. still. Yeah. Well, you're making good so headway. This is big. I'm, yeah, you've done done well this last little while. Man, I've been I've just been so into it. It's like it's hard once you get into it. it just, once you see the light, it is hard yeah. not to run full speed ahead. Like it is so appealing in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. Like you understand the potential, and then you feel like you got to catch up. Yeah, <laughs> which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, totally. Well, I think let's end it here and then hopefully we'll get together again soon and talk about some of these other topics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This was a good one. I think we should definitely plan some more in the short term here because there's lots to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks, Spencer. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to Crypt Talk. If you want to hear more, you can find all of our episodes on your favorite streaming service. Or you can check out our website at www.cryptalkpodcast.com. We love to hear from our listeners. You can tweet us at cryptalk underscore pod or send us an email at cryptalk.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.